an account of King David and a man named Mephibosheth. And bear with me because I'm going to have to say it a billion times. Mephibosheth. So the story is often viewed as a, a picture of the relationship between God's people and their God. But even more so in the story, we can see uh, Dave, King David can be seen as a type of Christ. And we uh, are Mephibosheth in the story. So let's pray and then I'll read the 13 verses from Second uh, Samuel chapter 9. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you, Lord, and, and worship you and uh, pray to you. We know that you hear our prayers, Lord, and to uh, hear from your word. Lord, and we thank you for this uh, story, this account in David's life that we're about to hear, which is a picture of your mercy, your loving kindness, and your grace, Lord. And we thank you, and we ask that you let us uh, not leave here unchanged, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 9. And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, and Ziba said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lo-Debar. Then King David sent and brought him, brought Mephibosheth, from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lo-Debar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so your servant will do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. Praise God for his word. So just a little 
a little bit of background here. Jonathan, you might recall, was David's absolute best friend when they were young men, as the following passage shows. It says in 1 Samuel 18, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan knew that David was going to be king of Israel one day, and he and David made a covenant where David promised to never cut off his kindness to Jonathan's family. And then Jonathan gets killed in battle along with his father, King Saul. And then David becomes king of Israel and eventually wins many battles and he unites the 12 tribes of Israel. And at this point in chapter 9, he's at the height of his reign as king. And again, this is where we find David in chapter 9 when he asks his servant who is left of Jonathan's family or who is left of the house of Saul. And the servant is aware of a son of Jonathan's named Mephibosheth, and David immediately sends his servant to find him. David greets Mephibosheth, and in honor of his covenant with Jonathan, he treats him very kindly, even inviting Mephibosheth to eat at his table like one of his own sons. And David obviously didn't know that Jonathan had a son. Maybe Jonathan had his son while David was in hiding. We're not sure. But interestingly, the story points out twice that Mephibosheth was lame in both feet. He was crippled. Mephibosheth was crippled because his nurse dropped him while helping him to escape when he was five. And after King Saul and Jonathan, uh, Mephibosheth's dad, were killed. And the story, uh, to me, is very touching because it's a picture of God's love and grace toward us, and that David had every reason to eliminate uh, Mephibosheth as a potential rival uh, to his throne. That's just what they did in those days. Because uh, after all, Mephibosheth was an heir to Saul's throne, being Saul's grandson. But David here seeks to honor uh, his covenant with Jonathan and extend kindness Uh, the kindness of God to Mephibosheth. And this this phrase here, the kindness of God, is also called uh, hesed or or chesed in the Hebrew. And this this kindness of God or hesed is a love based on mercy. It's a love based on commitment. It's a decision that one makes. It's it's a decision made to love someone, Uh, not because of their attractiveness, not because of what they've done. It's a love rooted in grace. It's an unmerited love. David showed mercy to Mephibosheth simply because he was Jonathan's son. And Jonathan was his best friend. And also because he was crippled. He was lame, as the story points out. And like Mephibosheth, all of humanity is lame in a spiritual sense. We're all spiritually crippled and also in need of mercy. And even after we become Christians, there are times when we are spiritually lame as well. And we all need healing. And the day is coming when the Lord returns and when we will receive new feet along with the rest of our new bodies. Praise God for that. But until then, 
But until then, even as believers in Christ, we will still at times stumble along the way. Stumble on our way through life trying to please our God. Now I mentioned before that King David is seen in Scripture as a type of Christ. And as we turn our attention to Christ's communion table, uh, there are a few things uh, we could consider. First, in this story, David wanted to show kindness, as I said, or hesed, to someone in Jonathan's family. Three times in this short chapter, David shares his desire to show kindness to someone in the house of Saul. Now, David had many enemies, including and especially King Saul. And just as Saul was David's enemy, Satan is the enemy of Christ. And we all, at one time, we could say we lived ourselves in the household of Satan. Yet, King Jesus came to show kindness to those who are in the household of Satan. Acts uh, 10.38, Peter says of Jesus that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Praise God for that. And those who are believers in Christ, who were once lame, are now healed through faith in Jesus. Uh, We have been healed of our sin sickness. Paul the Apostle speaks of this in Titus chapter 3. He says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But, that's one of my favorite words in the Bible, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, His own hesed by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, not ourselves, but by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Praise God for His Word. Secondly, just as King David David was intent on restoring all the land of Saul to Mephibosheth. Jesus is also in the business of restoration, isn't he? By the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, we have been restored. We have been reconciled to God. And like Mephibosheth, who was probably in hiding when David found him, uh, we who were once estranged from God, estranged from God our Creator, because of our sins, uh, but now because of, thr- because of Christ and through Christ, we have been restored and reconciled to our relationship and our relationship to God. And third, King David invited Mephibosheth to eat at his table always or continually. And we are also invited to eat at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ continually. Jesus has prepared a table especially for his followers. 
and on his table sit his body and his blood. The bread and the wine or juice represent Jesus' body and blood and remind us of the amazing grace of our Lord. And just as David showed grace to Mephibosheth, Jesus shows his grace to us at the table. And we, like Mephibosheth, can, can only come to the Lord's table because of the invitation of the king. We can only be co come to the table because of his invitation. And for as long as we are Christians, before the second coming of the Lord, we are invited to sit at the king's table with Jesus as our king. Amen? Amen. Finally, uh, when David first saw Mephibosheth, uh, Mephibosheth fell on his face and paid homage and said to David, Behold, I am your servant. And he even referred to himself as a dead dog. But when Mephibosheth sat at King David's table, he didn't sit as a servant. He didn't sit as a dead dog, but he sat at the table like one of the king's sons. Initially, Mephibosheth recoils from David's generosity, thinking that he doesn't deserve his kindness. And David lifts him from the floor and seats him at his own table with his family uh, to enjoy all the blessings of the royal family. Uh, Chuck Swindoll wrote, he wrote, imagine the arrangements years from then on at the table. King David's at the head of the table. His son Amnon, clever, witty, winsome. A Tamar, the charming, beautiful daughter. Solomon, wise, brilliant, heir apparent to the throne. Absalom, handsome, perfect in appearance. And Joab, the courageous warrior. And then Mephibosheth comes hobbling in on his crutches and the tablecloth covering his feet. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, Swindoll says. And Mephibosheth knew that sound of amazing grace. Now it's one thing to be invited as a guest to the king's table, but it's a whole other thing to, be, to sit at the king's table as the king's son or as the king's daughter. And when, when we respond in faith to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we were adopted by God Almighty to be his child, whether son or daughter. And now we have the right to call God our Father. As, as 1 John 3, 1 says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Amen? Amen. My wife has a, a little cowbell that she rings uh, when I'm out in the yard to let me know that it's lunch or dinner time. And more often than I'd like to admit, I'll, I'll come into the house bleeding from some sort of scratch or cut or hobbling because I twisted my bad knee or my back will be sore. When we, when we come to the Lord's table through the incredible privilege of Jesus' invitation, we oftentimes come hobbling. We come wounded, dragging our, our lame feet, so to speak. But what an opportunity for us to, by faith, seek rec restoration, to examine ourselves, 
to ask for forgiveness and remind ourselves of our ever-present need for Christ. So let, let's take a moment and do that now, bowing our heads in your hearts, talking to Jesus, seeking that restoration, seeking that forgiveness, remembering the work that Jesus did on the cross on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we may eat at your table continually as your sons and daughters until that day when you return and you take us to that final marriage supper of the Lamb that Revelation speaks of, where we will dine forever at the King's, at King Jesus' table. Praise God. Amen.